Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Happy Monday, everybody. It's November 27th, and we are live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck, as you can check me out here every Monday, live and local from 12 to 3 p.m., recapping the college football, the talking a little commanders, and the NFL slate, and getting you set for Monday night football. And there's a, a decent game tonight. Uh, I know Stubbs going to be watching because you're a big Josh Dobbs fan now, and it's the Minnesota Vikings against the Chicago Bears. What do you think? Does jo- Josh Dobbs get another win for the Vikings, put them into playoff territory? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's Bears aren't looking good enough. I think they yeah. got it. They've beat better I mean, teams the, than the Bears. Now, the thing is, is that the Bears did play well against the Lions last week. Remember, we talked about that. The Bears were one of your winners of the week because they had the lead for most of that game, and Justin Fields was really good running the ball, 18 carries for 104 yards, also threw a touchdown pass and 169 yards. Um, So I think if Justin Fields plays like he did last week, I do think the Bears will win this game. Uh, But you know what? It's in Minnesota, and they're favored to win this game by three points. So at home by, by three, that means that Vegas pretty much uh, looks at it as a pick game. But joining us right now to go around the NFL here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Benjamin Brown. What's going on, Ben? Yeah, what's up, Epstein? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. I was appreciate it. hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I, I did, man. Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked to you. So uh, let me just start with that. Who was the most oppressive impressive team of Thanksgiving weekend in your mind? Ooh, that is, that is a good question. I do think, you know, kind of your, you know, leading indicator in some ways about the Bears playing well against the Lions last week. I think for me, I thought the most impressive performance probably happened very early on on Thanksgiving. I think the Packers and Jordan Love in a lot of ways. There were obviously some other impressive performances, I would say, throughout the Thanksgiving weekend. But to me, you know, what they've kind of been able to figure out, I would say, with like the deep ball percentage throws that he actually has. They do have a lot of young, intriguing receivers, and the fact that they kind of, I would say, jumped all over Detroit right away and and kind of controlled the entire game. Uh, I very much think that they are, in some ways, getting back into the thick of the playoff picture for that seventh seed in the NFC. And I think overall, you know, the the dominated win against the Detroit Lions, you either have to say, well, the Packers are a lot better than what we projected, or it's the other side of the coin. It's very much, you know, Detroit, in, in a lot of ways, probably isn't anywhere close to these other top-tier teams, I would say, in the NFC. And I do think it has to be one of those two things kind of coming out of that Thursday morning matchup. Yeah, I mean, the Packers looked really good, and they have put themselves now in the playoff conversation. And if Minnesota loses, it heightens that for sure. But I'm going to chalk this down to, hey, yes, it's Thanksgiving, it's prime time. But it's also Thursday football. Um, the Lions didn't have all week to prep for that game, and they they laid an egg. Uh, but how about that Eagles-Bills game yesterday? My goodness, that was fantastic. They changed the overtime rules to help Josh Allen. He still loses. Right. Yeah, I would say definitely, you know, not only game of the week for that from that angle, probably the game of the regular season so far in a lot of ways. You know, Philadelphia has been, I would say, unbelievable in playing from behind in a lot of ways. And in some ways, I think, you know, that's, that's maybe the, the the thing that people are still kind of holding against them. But the fact that they have been so good in coming from behind all season, I think maybe speaks to an ability to win in crucial spots. And I think that was maybe the missing piece to what they had last year. So although it could be viewed as a negative, I think overall, you know, long-term, especially with some of the battles that they're going to have in the NFC playoff pitcher, and then maybe if they do get to the Super Bowl, like the ability and 
willingness to play from behind and play really well from behind, I, I think could actually carry them forward. And I think in some ways makes the longevity and the hopeful Super Bowl aspirations even more apparent than where they were at last year. No, I totally agree. Now at 10-1, and one, they, they certainly look like the best team in the NFC, if not in the entire NFL. I kind of, uh, it, it you know pains me to say this as a Commanders fan, but I kind of feel like they might cruise uh, back to at least the NFC Championship game with a chance to play for the Super Bowl. Last year, you know, people were hard on them, and, and they viewed it as a negative, saying, oh, the Eagles are only playing with leads. They're so good when they're playing with a lead. The one time they were playing from behind against Washington, they lost that game. Well, this year, they've been able to do it the other way, right? Playing from behind. So I just I think it shows you how much of a complete team they are. On the flip side, though, Buffalo is now 6-6. Six and six. Do you have Buffalo outside of the playoffs come end of the season? Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough for them to obviously, you know, get in. I would say, you know, obviously the AFC has been probably maybe in a lot of ways not as good as what we projected in the preseason, especially given, you know, the the top-heavy projections that we had with them. But, yeah, I think I have them right now with like a 22% chance of making the playoffs, 11.7% chance of actually winning the AFC East. So I think from that angle, like, they have a long ways to go, and I think the big reason for that is, you know, and the reason why I am so low on them is the strength of schedule, right? I don't think there's any team in football that has a more difficult remaining stretch of games than what the Buffalo Bills have. In a lot of ways, you know, this was not necessarily a must-win game, but for their playoff hopes and everything else, like, it, it was a really big letdown to be going in, you know, 10 points into half and still letting the game kind of slip away for them. So I have them on the outside looking in. I think there's just enough other quality teams in the AFC uh, that have a lot easier path in order to get there. And to me, you know, the Ken Dorsey firing and moving on and having Joe Brady kind of call plays, I do think elevates them offensively. But I think they've kind of overachieved defensively, and I'm just not sure we're going to see that continue through the second half of the season like it has in the first half. How about the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, Ben? Now five wins in a row over the Cleveland Browns. I mean, have they figured things out, or are they just playing easy opponents? I mean, last two weeks, Cleveland uh, doesn't have a great quarterback. Vikings don't have a great quarterback. The week before that was the Bills. Josh Allen really struggled. Yes, they beat the Chiefs. I mean, are you believing in the Broncos right now? I would say, I, I, and I did start from a place of being so low on the Broncos, and in some ways I felt so right to the first you know, four or five game stretch of the season, and then I've very much been wrong. I would say going back to the Minnesota Vikings game, like a, a high number of turnovers definitely broke in their direction, kind of like you said, Cleveland Browns, like Dorian Thompson-Robinson, didn't really play, I would say, all that well. So to me, uh, although I like them, like we have Russell Wilson kind of on the verge of like playing as like a top 10 quarterback. I think he's like eighth overall from an EPA perspective. So I think to really, I would say, compete with the top teams in the AFC, they probably need to get him into the, the top five discussion. And I'm just not quite sure we're going we're gonna to get a much better version of Russell Wilson than what we're currently getting here in this five-game stretch. So I think he kind of tops out in that, you know, eight to 10 range, which given if they do have you know a strong defense which they should on paper that could at least get them to a playoff first but I would really be surprised if they were kind of able to in some ways maybe pull off an upset if they do actually end up getting into the playoffs so to me I still think it's probably a sell even after this five game winning streak. Benjamin Brown with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Ben underscore R underscore Brown underscore on social media NFL data scientists what kind of stats are you looking at from last week and maybe moving forward to the next week? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a, you know it was an interesting one. Obviously, you know, still trying to 
pull apart all the things to me, like, you know, even in a loss, I would say, um, you know, the, the, uh, you know, CJ Stroud in particular, I was kind of on the Jags side of things, but I think even kind of coming out of that game, like he did really nothing wrong and he made a ton of throws and they did get, I would say, the the best version of Trevor Lawrence that we've probably seen at the NFL level in so many ways had a really strong you know play on that and then although CJ Stroud has maybe had a few turnover worthy type plays and things like that the last couple of weeks like he's a legitimate bona fide star in a lot of ways already and I do think that Houston Texans team has not only arrived ahead of schedule but I do think the gap between them and the Jags is a lot tighter than what people are even projecting right now and I very much think that they could in some ways be very much in the driver's seat by next season. Stubb, get on the mic here for a second. So, Ben, my producer, Christopher, he goes by Stubb, has become a Vikings fan this season, and I know you have been a Vikings fan for your entire life. So teach him a little bit of the chance. Tell him uh, what he should be looking for in tonight's game and how to be a true Vikings fan. Oh, man, it's, I mean, misery loves company, so I can't be more, I can't say I'm more ecstatic than hearing anything else. So, Stubbs, welcome on board the bandwagon. We've already got a couple broken wheels on board. It's going to be a complete disaster. I would expect heartbreak <laughs> at the worst times possible. But, you know, to me, for what I'm watching tonight, I do think Josh Dobbs, you know, in a lot of ways has kind of at least provided a new wrinkle to what they had with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Obviously, the you know, the rushing ability and those sorts of things. Being able to extend under pressure, I think, is something that is really going to help them if they do get Justin Jefferson back in the fold. He's inactive, of course, so I do think they still are going to have a really strong receiving unit, and once he's kind of back in the fold, they could make that playoff push. But to me, kind of like you guys said before I got on air, like this is very much going to come down to keeping Justin Fields in the pocket is, is, is Brian Flores going to blitz at such a high rate as he has the first half of the season, looking at close to, you know, 40 to 50% blood blitz rate? Like, if that happens, we could see Justin Fields break one or two long runs. So I am looking at, you know, Justin Fields probably over his rushing prop, over his longest rushing yardage prop as well, uh, and any one particular rush. Because I do think if he breaks off one or two, this could be a, a really long game. And if the Vikings don't win the turnover battle, uh, I think they could easily emerge on the wrong side of this matchup on Monday night. Well, Dobbs uh, brought stuff. me in, so uh, I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> Right, right. You'd love to hear it. You'd love to hear it. Well, welcome on board. I can't say that I uh, agree with the decision, but, uh, you know, like <laughs> I said, it's always, it's, always a faithful, it's always great to have a few more people in our corner for sure because we definitely need that. Yeah, skull, skull, right? Yeah, Isn't that skull. what he needs That's to be That's That's the chance. Yeah. Yeah, I got some family members going to be there uh, on Monday Night Football. Thankfully, I, I like to enjoy the game from the comforts of my own home and not have to, you know, get – get decked out in the face paint and everything else and, and chance school for three hours, unfortunately. So it's just not my cup of tea at this point in my life. Yeah, yeah, Stubb, that's a good point. Maybe you should put face paint on and, and do the whole Vikings chant. It's <laughs> a big change that's of personality for me, but I think I can do it. <laughs> oh, man. Ben, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now, at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Uh, just a little heads up, at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander, we will remember the late, great Sean Taylor, who 
passed away on this date. One of my favorite Redskins players of all time. We'll honor him at 1P on the Richmond Commander. But, Stubb, right now I wanted to recap my trip to Disney for the ESPN Events Invitational. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it on Friday, right? I mean, um, got didn't get my Thanksgiving meal. That's okay. I got to go out to Disney Springs and the City Walk. Had some great food at these amazing restaurants. Uh, I did uh, a beer at every single spot in Universal. That was really fun, doing, like, my own little bar crawl uh, by myself. And, uh, you know, met up with a ton of VCU fans. Uh, met up with the, the godfather, Bobby Gary's father. Uh, who's been going to VCU games for a long, long time. And there's so many great Ram fans that traveled to Disney. And we're already talking about our next trip is going to be Brooklyn for the A-10 tournament. Uh, but, man, it was such a great trip. Disney was awesome. And then Universal yesterday. So yesterday, it was the best day of the whole trip, right? V we get up early. VCU beats Penn State. I'm fired up. Went out and had a beer and a burger and then headed to Universal Studios uh, where Skip from Club D3 had gotten me a ticket for the day. And uh, so first thing we do when we get in there was the Minions uh, <laughs> Blast ride, all right? And this was like the Buzz Lightyear ride that I loved, was obsessed with as a kid when I went to Disney World, which is you go through this like moving kind of like movie theater with screens on either side and you have a like a gun, a blaster, and it like shows up like uh, like a sniper on the wall. And so you're shooting all these little things and you're collecting a score. And uh, I was playing with Skip's son, Ryan, and he... he smoked me the first time we went through it but I had so much fun you know you're you're like crouching down you're leaning up you're shooting things on the wall as you're going through this kind of obstacle course thing and uh, that was a ton of fun and then we uh, went over to the Harry Potter world area the I think it's called Diagon Alley or something like that that was really cool just to see everyone like dressed up you know, I everybody fully commits when they go to Disney and Universal. That was, I mean, when I was at Disney, everybody's wearing Mickey ears. When I was at Universal, everybody's rocking Harry Potter or something like that. And uh, it was just, it was a blast, man. So we went through the Harry Potter spot, went on the Jimmy Fallon ride, um, did the Men in Black ride as well. I mean, just had a blast. And then I was like, all right, we have to do Disney fully. How do you, or, or Universal fully, right? So number one, you got to do a ride. All right, check that. Give me a ding. Number two, I was like, you got to eat some food or drinks there, right? Got a burger and and a drink from one of the special spots there, Burger Box, something like that. And then number three, I wanted to play a game. And so they had my favorite game in King's Dominion, the little hop-a-shot thing, and uh, was able to knock down two shots to get me a little Millhouse toy to bring home with me uh, from the Simpsons world. So check, played a game, and then... We wanted to go see a show. Stub, did you see me post my show on Instagram or Twitter? Did you I, see I what took place the there? I saw tweet, but I did not uh, watch the video yet. Okay. So, oh, oh, here we go. So, live reaction from Stub. So, I am at this show, and it was called like Animals, La Animals on Location. And it was all about how all these great animal actors show up in movies. Like, they had the, the dog from Men in Black. The, the exact dog that played in Men in Black. 
No have, way. Have you, ever heard, That's awesome. have you heard about that? Yeah. So they they had all these other. They had this dog that was uh, trying out for a movie next week. They had this parrot that was in some movie I'd never heard of and stuff. And so they have this uh, like animal trainer, and she teaches these dogs all these tricks right in front of you. And she just kind of explains how they do it when they're on set. She says you put a little marker on the ground, and these dogs are trained to stay there for as many as five hours or so uh, because they're so well trained. And of course, you're you're feeding them treats, and it was just. Just a ton of fun. Dogs are running in and out of the of the set there. It's a big live audience. And then she stops the show and says, I need a volunteer. We need an adult who would like to be part of the show. And so I'm like, oh, that was my favorite thing as a kid was to be a part of the shows when I went to King's Dominion or something like that. So I immediately shot my hand up in the air and she goes, how about the uh, big doofus in the gray sweatshirt talking about me? All right. So I'm like, yes. And she's like, all right, do you have a dollar bill in your pocket? And I said, yes. She said, take out that dollar bill, fold it up and hold it in your hand, your right arm and take your right arm and hold it all the way to the right side of your body. Leave it out. And she said, the bird is going to come and take the dollar from you. <laughs> and so this giant white bird with like beautiful white bird with like uh yellow and blue hair on the top. I mean, it was the, the beautiful bird ever. Flies over through everyone in the audience, lands on my arm. And I'm like shaking <laughs> at this point, right? And he eats the dollar out of my hand or puts it in his mouth and he flies back to the trainer. And then the trainer gets another bird out and it gives him the dollar and says, all right, this bird is going to return you the dollar. <laughs> and so she goes, she goes, all right, put both arms out now so you have a bigger target. And the bird flew right to me, landed on my arm, and returned the dollar bill. And it was, it was, a, it was just so much fun. Uh, and then we did the Minions Blast Ride once again, and I knew what I was doing in this one. Like I said, the Buzz Lightyear shooting game was my best when I was a kid, so I felt like a kid again. And I broke the high score for the day at Universal. And it's, it was probably because the Macy's parade was going on, so it was less crowded. And so usually it's like, you know, one person every two feet. But there was no one behind me. So I was able to keep, like, turning and shooting behind and shooting. I mean, I was, like, in Call of Duty mode on the ride. I broke the high score for the day. It was uh, so much fun. And... um after the ride, uh, we went to the gift shop, and I bought all these things because uh, uh, Skip's son, who works for Universal, gets 50% off. Ooh. So, Stubb, you might even have a gift coming to no you tomorrow way. when I get back to the <laughs> studio. Uh, I mean, it was just it was so much fun uh, there at Disney and Universal. So the trip was a 10 out of 10. But I told you guys on the opening segment that the trip took a turn real quick from a 10 out of 10 I don't know how much I want to drop it down, but it was a nightmare. As I got to the Orlando airport at 7.30 for a 9 o'clock flight, that turned into a 10 o'clock flight because of a delay. So you go through TSA, and, of course, TSA tells me, oh, you got to take your laptop out. And then they pull my backpack aside. Maybe it's because of the Millhouse toy or something. But they, <laughs> they went through everything. And I was like, look, I, I told you guys I have microphones and chargers in there, and you didn't want me to take them out. But So they had to look through my entire backpack for 15 minutes. It was so frustrating. Put everything back together, and I went to the gate. And then sitting on the airplane, and that was a – nightmare because it was delayed after delayed then we go from Orlando to Charlotte we get to Charlotte and our flight is supposed to leave at 1130 well that becomes 1215 which then becomes 1245 Ooh. after midnight which then becomes 115 
And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then it becomes 155. 155 last night was when we boarded the damn airplane at 155. The airport was popping because every single flight seemed to be getting delayed. And I heard from a few VCU fans that stayed one more extra day that their flights are delayed today. So the Orlando airport's a mess. Charlotte was even worse. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm starting to get a headache. Uh, the final fly, uh, flight from Charlotte back to Richmond was the loudest flight ever. All right, and I don't know why, but there was there had to have been something going on with the engine where it was just cooking. It was so loud, and this woman next to me is freaking out. She screams, "Is this normal?" And a stewardess comes over and says, "It's not that big of a deal." I'm like, what, "Not that big of a deal? I'm so. Are we going down? What's going on here?" All right, yeah, you can't panic the crowd. I know, I know. Is this normal? It's not that big of a deal. It, it is to me, <laughs> right? So I yeah, couldn't fall asleep flights. on that flight. I hate flights so much. I'm, I'm shaking and uh, I'm, I'm sweating all over. And I will say it was like a 45-minute flight. It was so quick. But then, of course, we taxi for 25 minutes. By the time I got my bag and then got home, it was 3.50 a.m. last night. 3.50 a.m. Oh, hate to hear it. Oh, yeah. Slept maybe three or four hours, got up, got here to Capitol Ale House, have all my bags. Thank goodness, my Comrex made it through the flight. My um, head f- headset made it through, this, uh, through the flight. All the plugs and cords that I need for the radio show made it through the flight. So I open up my backpack, and I don't see my laptop. Stub, I left my laptop at TSA in Orlando. Oh, my goodness. This, this, this trip just went from a 10 out of 10 to a 1 out of 10. I can't do the show without a laptop. That's that's tough. That's like so. What do I do? So what do I do? Do you have any ideas? Does does the callers have any ideas? Is there a chance I could get my laptop back? Do I need to fly back to Orlando today to grab my laptop and pick it back up? What do I do? They can probably ship it. I mean, obviously the answer is just call them and see what. Yeah. Oh, oh, believe me, I tried to call them. I was on hold forty five minutes before the show. That's not happening. I went online and there was I I filled out some kind of lost and found forum. They haven't sent me an email yet. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I mean, do you have any advice? Like, have you ever lost anything at an airport? I have not. Um, I Or if I have, it wasn't worth trying to retrieve. Right, uh, right. Yeah, you just got to keep calling. And yeah. I, I, I think mean, you got to maybe do it on a day where it's not as packed after a, after a um, holiday. So maybe, you know, tomorrow it'll be less of a hold on the line. Yeah. But. Ugh. I mean, it's just I, I blame myself, right? But at the same time, TSA took the laptop out of my la- uh, backpack. They should be putting it back in. You know, they took everything out and they just kind of shoved it back together. And my my backpack was so full that I just assumed my laptop was back in it. Oh, I'm such a donk. I mean, just so upsetting to lose my laptop. Had an amazing trip. Uh, thanks to Club D3 Travel. Uh, I wonder if Club D3 Travel has any deals on new laptops because I might be. <laughs> On the lookout for one. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Back in the 804 in Richmond after a great week in Orlando. Thanks to Club D3 Travel. And I I will say it was fun to meet a lot of Ram Nation there at the tournament. And one of the listeners I met in Florida told me, that he listens to my show on Mondays at Cap Ale, and he says, you have to try the mussels at Capital Ale House. So today I've got the mussels, and I'm going to get the flatbread pizza. You can always catch me here Mondays throughout football season. 
Uh, but joining us right now from the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat, the voice of God here on AWOD Radio, our program director, PD, Zach McHugh. What's going on, Zach? AWOD, what's up, dude? Hey, it's nice to get a call from uh, Orlando, a VCU fan that called in today. What's his name, Bobby? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was awesome. Dude, you're growing uh, the, the army. That's great. Yeah. We, we really are, and I think part of it is just being like out and about at the tournament. You know, I, I, I want to say thanks to one of the listeners. I can't forget. I can't remember his name right now, but he tweeted that me and Zach Joaquin uh, from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, he really enjoyed our coverage as we were the only guys there covering VCU, had that exclusive interview with Coach Odom after the tough defeat to Boise State that we saw uh, got a lot of run on social media, and I'm so glad that we beat Penn State. Like, yeah, Zach, that was, that was the Super Bowl. I know after losing two tight ones and then you're going up against your old coach, that would just be, you know, going into the rest of the season. That would have been difficult right there to go yeah. winless down there in Orlando. But I'm glad they pulled it out, too. And hey, they battled. Right. That's yeah. good for them. So I think they can ride that momentum here when they get back. Oh, absolutely. We won the final game by more than we lost the first two by, right? So I think you could have argued, hey, we could have had a 3-0 and trip to Orlando, but getting the win against Penn State was good enough for me. And Zach, of course, is involved in our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. We are Oof. down to the three Musketeers. It's Ginny, Amy, and the Zach Attack. And who have you chosen to go with this week? So I, it's yet to be determined. I'm going Vikings tonight, and I'm sweating it because I don't want to lose to the ladies. And yeah. I must say, Ginny got a family member uh, in the mob or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe one of her kids is uh, you know knows a wise guy or something like that. Amy, our illustrious account executive downstairs, uh, everybody knows her husband's picking for her. So I'm going yeah. against Mr. Hogarth. I know, and and he was like a VCU basketball player, an excellent high school player in Richmond, so he knows sports really well, and he's helped her out to get to the finals. But I think we're all rooting for the Vikings tonight because I want you to stay in it and represent the sports department. Yes. And did you know Stubb has become a diehard fan of Josh Dobbs? What a great bandwagon to jump on, Stubb. <laughs> I know, number one Vikings fan You know, right I here. have him going in fantasy tonight, too, it's my fantasy team in Odyssey is abysmal this year. I think I'm in the basement <laughs> after going uh, almost three-peating last year, losing in the finals. But uh, it's been a really down year in fantasy. But I do have a stack going with Dobbs and Hawkinson. And if I can get 43 points out of those guys, I can pull <laughs> off the win tonight. He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> That's like three touchdown passes for Dobbs, and, Dobbs, and two of them have to go to Hawkinson. <laughs> Dobbs, Dobbs can go for a 30-burger, and then if Hawkinson catches one, maybe he gets 12 or 13 points. That's not like, out of reach. I love that. That's like my um, homies league yesterday. I was down by 40, and the only player I had left was Josh Allen, and he almost brought me back. If I he know. had thrown a touchdown pass in overtime, I might have won. Instead, it was Jalen Hurts who runs it into the end zone. It really was a fun weekend of the NFL. Yeah, uh, but well. the big story today was the Carolina Panthers firing their head coach, Frank Reich. And Zach is, of course, a diehard Panthers fan, so... We'll give you the opportunity to let's go with an opening statement, Zach. <laughs> well, uh, I think I'm happy for Panther Nation, and I'm uh, very happy for Frank Reich because we put him out of his misery. <laughs> this is his second consecutive season getting the can um, in season, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Did yeah. he finish last year with the Colts? I don't think so. No, because remember Jeff Saturday took that's over. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So I think he sets a record there, being the only coach to get fired in season, back-to-back -back seasons. 
So really, just go down in flames, Frank Reich, and we'll see where the interim guy, I think he's a special teams coach, uh, takes us the rest of the year. Look, it's a terrible season. Their worst start, 1-10 or 1-11, whatever they are, in, in the team's history. So it's almost rock bottom. You've got a lot of caps. I think they got like 60-plus million dollars in cap space for 2024 to work with. Bryce Young... He can still learn, I guess, the rest of this season. <laughs> they will, well, let me they let me ask you a question, a though, Zach. This year for a QB, it should be a QB rich. Yeah, because I, I saw this on social media, and I'm not plugged into the Panthers, so that's why I wanted to have you on the show here, is that a lot of people have been complaining about the ownership and the fact that they believe that the owner forced Frank Reich to draft Bryce Young, and everyone's wondering – how much would this team be better if they had C.J. Stroud, who's having a great season for the Texans? Well, I think that's – like I was talking about this on, on my show, which is not a sports show, but as a Panther fan, I have to vent. Um, <laughs> once once Dan Snyder loses the team and, and you guys finally kicked him out of D.C., congratulations, the scuttlebutt around the league is the only menacing or meddling owner or bad owner left in the league is Tepper. Yeah. Which is horrible news for us um, because he is very involved and he's not a football guy. So, you know, I would expect uh, Fritter to be gone too. And he's just going to have to get uh, a football guy in there to do football operations, head that up. And, you know, new GM, just new coaches, Clearhouse, maybe Ben Jones will be fighting for you guys to get Ben Jones signed next year as an HC. But a lot of what we hear on the inside is that Tepper's a nightmare, but yeah. he's here to stay. So you should feel good. You and uh, you know the Commanders fans out there should feel wonderful. I know it's kind of been a tough year for you guys too, but this is bad because now we have like Dan Snyder in his rookie year, basically, and we have yeah. uh, and all you know that what? to look forward to. And you know what's so frustrating for Panthers fans right now is that so you fire. But you're going to have you know a head coach vacancy uh, in the off season, but you're nowhere near the best destination, right? I mean, because the Chargers are going to end up firing their coach. I, everyone says that's going to that's a lock right now. Brandon Staley's gone, and they've got a quarterback and some good wide receivers. And then I I think most people have said, hey, the next best destination could be Washington, right? Four and eight. After that, maybe it's New England. If Bill Belichick leaves and you get to work with Robert Kraft and that successful organization. So there's so many other jobs that seem to be better fit than Carolina. You guys might end up getting the third or fourth best head coach out there. Yeah, you could. You never know where you can pull head coaches from. There's a lot of great guys in college ball too. But I guess the only yeah. allure would be kind of what the Panthers were before this season started was it's a clean slate. You've got the number one pick. Get your guy and get in there and establish that kid right away. You could argue they could do that next season, you know, because I don't think they're going to win another what? game this year. So would you would you like Caleb Williams? Yes, I absolutely would. He sounds like a generational talent. That's what everybody says. And we we did right. We and did they, miss. They just sit Bryce. Bryce Young on the bench. Yeah. See you later, yeah. dude. Thanks for the memories. It just didn't yeah. work out. Oh, you got it. You got two number one picks. <laughs> You know, you got two number one picks <laughs> yeah, and let them I mean, battle it out. But clearly, Bryce, can I can I get and I told it. you so though? Yeah, can I get and I told you so because I've been down on all the rookies. I get it. C.J. Stroud's having a good year. Will Levis not having a good year. Anthony Richardson got hurt early, and Bryce Young. I mean, just completely stinking it up. 
stinking it up in bad uh, post game too. Although he doesn't say hindsight is fifty fifty like Cam Newton did for eight years, <laughs> but but he is uh, he is pretty bad. I, I would give it to you, Awad, but you missed on Stroud, so your season long sweat yeah. on that. You know, we'll just uh, take halfsies on it. How's that? Well, no, the thing is, the Texans are 6-5, and five, right? And I, all, my only prediction was they would not finish with more than eight wins. They've got the Broncos this weekend. Broncos are hot. I'll give the Broncos the win. Then it's Texans-Jets. Fine, they win that one. But then they've got to win either Titans, Browns, Texans. Or, you know what? You're right. You're right. They're going to end up with more than eight wins. <laughs> I'm but, looking at the schedule here, and it's very favorable for the Texans. But, but look at that game, though, against Jacksonville yesterday. How great of a game was that? I don't know if you caught any of it. But yeah. it was great right until the end. And the poise that Stroud showed on that final drive. I mean, yeah, they kept him in the pocket um, for that final drive, which was amazing. They lose on a, like a 60-yard field goal. The guy hits the crossbar. But... I mean, they were in it with that guy, and he's a leader, you know, and, and he's got everybody in that city buying in on that team. Um, I can't say the same for Bryce Young, even as a diehard Panther fan. I mean, thank God the Hurricanes are good. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just tough, and I think everybody's ready. I don't, I don't know any of my buddies that are fans are like, oh, all we need is a new coach, and, you know, we'll get Bryce Young on track. I think it's deeper than that because – he hasn't had he hasn't looked good all year, you know. Even against yeah. bad teams. No, I'm with you games. on that. There there was a highlight there was a highlight in which CJ Stroud threw the ball seventy yards through the field uh through the air yesterday in that game. Zach, I appreciate you stopping by, man. Thanks yeah, a man. lot. All right. Take care. Glad you're back in town safe. Yep. All right, later. Yep, I'll see you tomorrow in the studio. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. One more segment coming up next. We'll give out the winners and losers of the week in the National Football League. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, phone lines are open if you want to chime in. It's 833-804-0910. Been having a little bit of technical difficulties today from Capital Ale House, but we did want to finish up the show by going around the National Football League here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. All right, let's see if my microphone's working right now. I'm going to hang up the phone. Stub, can you hear me back in the studios? Give me a one, two, three if that works. One, two, three. Looks like we're good. All right. All right, so let's go through our winners and losers of the week here on NFL Hits. What you got? All right, for my first winner, I have Kyle Hamilton with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. He just was everywhere last night. Every single play on defense, it sounds like they were saying his name. I think he really saved them that game. Yeah, no, and it's just... Look, as a Commanders fan, it's so disappointing because he has been everything that the Ravens wanted him to be at the safety position, and that Ravens defense has been incredible this year. How about Zay Flowers, though, clinching the win for the Ravens with that electric touchdown? I've been all on board on Zay Flowers this season, drafted him in several fantasy leagues, and he's been really good. Hey, pat myself on the back, Stub, here. Got to do it. The Ravens, my team, to win the Super Bowl – is looking I'm, really good right now. I mean, are they at the top of the AFC right now? I think they might be. I think so. I, I can double check that, but I'm I'm with yeah, you. They I'm are. all in on them winning the Super Bowl. I, I have yeah. the same. They just look too good, and and Zay Flowers looked like he was having fun out there with those those celebrations. 
Yeah. So Baltimore nine and three ahead of the eight and three Chiefs, Jags, and Dolphins. All eight and three, second, third, and fourth place in the AFC. Who's next? Winner or loser of loser. the week? Still Matt Canada. He's not even here anymore. But the Steelers <laughs> finally got four hundred offensive yards with him gone. So if you thought that he wasn't the problem, this kind of cements that he was. Yeah, I know. And this was an ugly game for the Steelers in, in which, you know, the Bengals had a lead for a lot of that game, but they they get going offensively, win 16-10. to 10. Uh, Kenny Pickett, 278 yards. Najee Harris finally had a good game, been waiting for that. 6.6 .6 yards per carry, 99 yards, and a touchdown. He was terrific. Uh, that was a good loser of the week there. Yeah. Matt Canada, where are you at? The Steelers are keep we're winning without you. Yeah. Uh, next winner is going to be, you're not going to like this, but Dayron Bland. You break a record, you're a winner. Yeah. No, you it's know? a great it's a great point. Give him a ding for that. I mean, he yeah, that's... he 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 had that pick six against Sam Howell and uh, I will say though, a little unfair to give a winner of a week to the guy that played on Thursday. I mean, come on uh, now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have some chance. Yeah. Right. No, you're right. Loser I would just say the Jets in general, but I'm going to say Tim Boyle. Somehow worse than Zach Wilson. <laughs> Nothing is going good for them. <laughs> and well, to counter that, I will was give... was 27 for 38, 179 yards, two interceptions, but the big story was he was sacked seven times. Just never looked comfortable. Yep, and to counter that, I'm giving a winner to Javon Holland with the Dolphins for a 99-yard pick six. Just a beautiful, yeah, no. beautiful run off a Hail yeah, Mary. Yeah, and the Dolphins, man... If there's any team that you know is going to take down the Ravens besides from the Kansas City Chiefs, as they're always a factor in the AFC, I think it could be the 8-3 and three Miami Dolphins. Tua had two interceptions, but they were able to bounce back from that. They've got such a good rushing attack with Moster, Jeff Wilson Jr. We haven't seen Devon Achan uh, come back into the lineup and make an impact yet, but they ran for 167 yards on the ground as a team against the Jets. That's a good winner of the week. Who's next? All right, I'm going to do really quick. One more loser, one more winner. Uh, loser right now, the entire NF NFC South, as none of the teams have a even 500 record at this point. If your number one team yeah. is the Falcons that lost to the Commanders this season, that is not a good look. Uh, and then, <laughs> That's a great point. Yep. That's a great point. Five and six, five and six. Tampa Bay still in it at four and seven. Panthers... Mathematically, I think if they won out, they might have a chance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's and then uh, my final winner is going to be not a player, not a team, but Scott Hansen with Red Zone. There were alarms going off. I don't know if you caught it. There, were, there was like a fire alarm, yeah. an emergency alarm, and he stuck through. He did not let the Red Zone cut to commercial. He, he yeah, finished he, that. He had a great that, tweet. Yeah, oh, when he said, like, "There's a fire. Wem women and children out first. Touchdowns last." <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, I'll be back in studio tomorrow. Will I have an update on my laptop? That's the question. You can always tweet us at 910 The Fan or at AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. It's Grant Danny coming up next.